to the MN Marvel Mania podcast. My name is Mike. And I'm Nick. And today we're going to be discussing Iron Man 2, the 2010 Marvel Cinematic Universe film. Some say it's the greatest, but definitely not me. Definitely not me. No, and I don't think anybody else would really say that. Now, look, this ain't Iron Man. This well, ain't Iron Man 1. This ain't Iron Man 1, but it is Iron Man. I, I mean, if you're looking to get, you know, literal here, it we're, is Iron Man. We're getting a little technical, but it is Iron, it, Man. It is Iron Man. Now, look, look, here's what I'm really trying to say this is an Iron Man 1. Obviously. And, and no, in terms of quality. Yes. This is not Iron Man 1. Right. Quit, quit being so literal. You know, Listen, man, get to the point. <laughs> <laughs> you're like Drax here with how you're literal you're taking things. Uh, okay? But this is not, this did not live up to the hype of the first Iron Man movie. I thought the first Iron Man was a vastly superior story to this one. However, that's not to say Iron Man 2 was crap. No, I no, it wasn't a bad movie, but given the fact that Iron Man let off with such a great ending, you would assume that it would be a better movie for the second one. And this movie picks right off at that ending, and it tries to carry that momentum from the reveal of Tony Stark as Iron Man to the public. So, this movie, I mean, and obviously to start with the big part of this movie, I mean, how refreshing is it for Iron Man to be a public figure? And have a public identity. And that's what everyone talked about when this movie came out. The difference from Spider-Man movies, Batman movies, Superman movies, where the hero's identity is hidden to the public. And here, Tony Stark's like, yep. Nope, that's me. It's me. I'm the guy. He wants to be noticed. He yeah. wants to know it to every, everyone. This is me. And, the, and, and it goes a lot into the ego of Tony Stark. And this movie is basically Iron Man's id going all over the place. He, he's doing whatever he wants. Because yeah. he thinks... He's going to die. But, you know, Nick, overall, I mean, where do you stand on this film in the MCU history? It's kind of, uh, it, it is, it has its moments in the movie. Um, I'd say I rate it high, not too high, but I, I thoroughly enjoy it. I think it's a really good rewatch of the movie. No, it's a good rewatch, and you're never bored watching this film. No, there's a lot of action in it. Well, actually, of... actually, one of my complaints with this film is the lack of action, because there's really only, like, three action sequences and they're all spread out pretty far from each other throughout the film i guess more easter eggs and more this leading up to other movies this movie was a setup movie exactly this movie felt like a i wouldn't say an ad for the avengers but it did a lot of legwork to set up what we see in the avengers right whereas iron man one was just telling a story yes. here it's trying to Telling a story about Tony Stark. But also leading into something else. Lead into the Avengers and tries to introduce two new villains. Yes. And that's a lot to, to put into a movie that's what? Two hours, ten minutes? Yeah. That's and, a lot to put in. And given the fact that we don't see those villains again either. No, and I mean, perhaps that wasn't intentional. I mean, we do see Justin Hammer in a one-shot movie. In a one-shot. One we never see Whiplash again. or no. but, You know, I can't even say we never see these villains again because... With everybody coming back, with Abomination coming back for Shang-Chi, you don't know when you're going to see any of these people again. You don't know if you will. I mean, obviously, Whiplash is dead. It turned, yeah, at that point, you knew he was dead at the end of the film. But, like, Justin Hammer, we know, gets arrested. And, yeah, you, know, you know. But in terms of the villains of this movie, look, we talked a lot in the first Iron Man review about how Obadiah Stane became a template for the Marvel villain where it was a negative reflection of, of the hero. The hero. And here, they don't do that exactly with Whiplash, but I no. think there's a lot of similarities to that concept. And I'll say this out. 
the fathers of Ivan and yes, Tony that's what I was feuded with each other. Yes. And that's the whole story. It's like a legacy movie in that respect. Yes, there was a disagreement between the two of them. You know, you had Tony's father, Ivan's father, working on the same project. And there was a point where Howard was like, you can't be on this. This is not, you know, this is not your cup of tea that you're looking for right here. Talk about the ultimate dick move. Yo, I don't like how you're doing on this project, so I'm going to get you deported. <laughs> okay? You shouldn't be working with us, dude. You know, you know what? Just because you screwed up this project, I'm going to make you leave the freaking country. I'm going to help you out here. <laughs> so, Howard Stark, and it's exposed in this film for the first time, how Howard Stark's blueprint was part of S.H.I.E.L.D. He was one of the founding members of S.H.I.E.L.D. And that's not something that we see beforehand. This is the first real introduction of S.H.I.E.L.D. in this movie, too. Yes, You got is. Nick Fury, the director of S.H.I.E.L.D., making his first in-film appearance, non-post-credit scene. We have Agent Coulson. Agent Philip J. Coulson makes his glorious return to the screen in Iron Man 2. And let me tell you, this guy, he <laughs> should get his own TV show. He should. He should get his own TV show. Get seven seasons worth. We should seven seasons. You yeah, know, get, should get his own show on ABC Prime Time. You no, know that's a good idea. We should we should write that down. We'll, we'll, write that down. Write that down. We'll pitch it. We'll call it Agents of Shield. I like it. I I'm like. A, it. I'm a genius, I, man. I like it. I'm a genius. Thank you. I, I'm a visionary, like Tony Stark. I'm a futurist. Right, let's get on. Let's so get to that. That's fine. <laughs> so let's get on into it. Obviously, this movie starts out right at the end of Iron Man One, and yes. we see Tony on TV. The ending press conference from Iron Man 1. And he's talking. But immediately, it turns away from that and turns our attention towards Ivan Vanko here, Whiplash. Yes. And we see his father dying. Now, we see his father in one other MCU property. However brief it is, he did appear in Agent Carter. Season one, he was in Agent Carter. He was D. It wasn't. It wasn't the same actor, obviously. Yes. But it, it was. He was a scientist that worked for Howard in the forties, and I think that's kind of interesting. But here's something to know. I think there's actually a bit of a plot hole here, because he's in Agent Carter working in the forties. But I remember in this movie saying he didn't come to the United States until the fifties. Hmm. So little Marvel instant in inconsistency there. A little bit. So something I noticed. You notice a lot of things. Well, I mean, honestly, when you've seen a movie like, <laughs> like a thousand, like a thousand times. times, eventually even the small details begin to get bolted into your head like that. So we meet Anton and Ivan. Anton dies. And that's when Ivan says, yep, I'm going to kill the guy on the TV screen. That's his motivation. Yes. Seeing his father pass and knowing what Howard Stark had done to his father, he says to himself, I'm going to do... What should have been done, because that should be me on that screen. And that should not be Tony. Tony and the Starks don't deserve it. The Vankos do. And it's really a family conflict when you think about it. It is. Um, But he's not our only villain here. We have Justin Hammer. And that takes us into uh, my favorite scene of the movie. (laughs) Okay? So... After we see Anton die, we have the Stark Expo where Tony jumps out of a plane in the Iron Man suit, lands down at the Stark Expo for the opening ceremonies, greeted by the loud crowd, and we see him, and he's like, oh, nobody can go toe-to-toe with me, I'm the best. He's loving it. He's living it up right there, okay? And he has a a video of his father talking about the Stark Expo from years and years ago, and 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 it's just Tony basking in the glorious name that he has, Stark. It's got a meaning. Stark Expo, and it's going to go along all year long. And at the end of that scene, he gets subpoenaed to go testify in Washington. <laughs> God. 
And this is where we meet Justin Hammer. And I've seen a lot of people online talk about how Justin Hammer might be their favorite, or not maybe not favorite, but most underrated MCU villain. And I gotta tell you, he kills it in this movie. He's great. Rewatching it, it's great because he's basically trying to be Tony. But lacks the charisma he and lacks, the skill to do so. He, yeah, he lacks the technology. He lacks everything. He tries to make he tries to make what Iron Man Tony Stark has built, but cannot achieve that whatsoever. He's not Tony Stark, he's and not, that becomes no. clear very quickly when he goes up there and he's speaking at the Congress or Senate hearing, whatever it is, somewhere in the U.S. government, <laughs> and he's speaking, and you just got Tony sitting there bad-mouthing him the entire time. He's on his phone, and he's just like, yeah, uh uh-huh. Tony's like, when is a real expert gonna come testify? (laughs) And Justin, that whole scene in the the, uh, hearing is just Tony just not giving a fuck, showing everything that he has. He's so confident. And he's confident in everything he does. And he, he, the senator, Senator Stern, who oh, we, yeah. we see again in a brief cameo in Winter Soldier, his motive here is to take the Iron Man suit and have Tony turn it over. Yes. And Tony's just like, nah, nah, you're not getting my property. You can't have my property. You can't have my property. And I think this scene is the highlight of the movie. And the reason I really think it is is because this is just peak Tony Stark pre-Avengers. Because before the Avengers, yes, he feels the burden of trying to help other people based on what he's done wrong. But this is not the futurist yet. This is not the guy that is trying to save the entire planet from an intergalactic threat. This is a guy who's just protecting America and feels absolutely invincible. Yeah, after all the weapons that he created, this is this one particular weapon is one of the most powerful ones he's made. Well, I mean, the Iron Man suit is not going to be replicated for five to ten years. Five to ten years. Jammer uh, Industries 20. <laughs> you know? and But it... The issue that Tony runs into a lot in this movie is just how much he thinks he is better than other people. He underestimates Justin Hammer. All of a sudden, Justin Hammer has an entire fleet of Iron Man drones yeah. or Iron Man suits, and he's outfitting the entire army, Navy, Marines, and everybody in these suits. He, under, he underestimates Whiplash, and all of a sudden Whiplash has an Iron Man suit in the final scene of the film. You know, so the whole his ego is extremely inflated in this film, and it's clear from the start till the end, and that doesn't really change in this no. film. Given the fact that this, even though before when he first created the suit, and given the fact that he had the palladium in his heart, not the palladium, but the car battery and all the shrapnel and stuff, yeah. uh, it was the fact that he created this element. Not created, but basically for the arc reactor, and he's dying. Yeah, you know. And let's get into that because after the uh, hearing at the Senate, he returns home and he's testing his blood toxicity. And Jarvis is telling him the thing that is saving you, this arc reactor, is actually, actually killing, killing you. you. And it's and it's really it's really interesting that they basically have Tony's mortality get shoved to the front of it. Mm-hmm. Because to the public, Tony is an invincible, unflappable figure. As Ivan said in the jail cell after uh, a scene that's yet to come, he tells him, he's like, yeah, you know, if you can make God bleed, people will cease to believe in him. Tony, after Iron Man 1, is like that to the public. He's a, not, I wouldn't say he's a deity, but he's looked up to by many people. By many people, yes. You know, and his 
his stock as a person and the company as Pepper Notes has never been higher. No. I mean, it's it's just with the Iron Man suit, I mean, he had a lot of points in that movie where he was just getting ready. He's like, I, I'm giving everything to you. I'm giving Pepper. You're getting the company. You're getting yeah. this. You're getting that. He he was preparing himself he knew, for he, if he was dying. For if he was dying, which I mean, he was. And he, he says, Pepper, have my company. Sell the art collection to the Boy Scouts of America. <laughs> you know, he was giving away everything. And to him, it was, I'm not going to give a damn anymore. I'm just going to do what I want to do. And that brings us to the Monaco racetrack yep. where Tony is like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go drive this car. I'm not a <laughs> professional racer, but I'm going to go drive this car. But who else do we see? Ah, uh, yes. The cameo in this movie, besides Stanley, besides Stanley, we get Elon Musk, who, I, you know, a lot of people have said is the real world version of Tony Stark in terms of <laughs> industrialization and such. Uh, uh, you know but, it. You know but, it's true. But, but who else do we see as well with Justin Hammer? Christine Everhart. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. The fact that I pulled that name out of my head. <laughs> I didn't know who you were talking about at first. And if I got it wrong, I was going to feel like a real idiot. But, yeah. No, we'll tie yeah. into the first Iron Man movie. And, you know, she. this is her last mainstream MCU appearance. Yes. You know, and I actually think, in retrospect, it would have been interesting. Not to say necessarily it has to pop up in every movie. But when there's a big event, like the Sokovia Accords or the Fall of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes. If there would be a piece in the movie where she's doing like a news report on TV That'd be pretty talking cool. about the events. If and it kind of shows like mainstream continuity throughout. If they went that much into detail, I'd be like, you know, that's pretty cool. You know, that, I think that would be interesting. And I actually think there's online stuff that they've done with her, but I, I haven't seen it myself. I haven't either. So let's get into the Monaco. Tony is driving around mm-hmm. and boom, making his first appearance is Whiplash. Whiplash. And look, for everything you could say about Whiplash in this movie, and you could say a lot. No, you could. He was pretty badass in his first scene. I, he showed off some pretty cool moves. And I would say 20 to 30 minutes into this movie, or whenever the Monaco scene ends, at that point, I thought that this film is like on the way to being on that Iron Man 1 trajectory of a type of film. Because mm-hmm. I thought they did a good job setting the stakes up early. Tony says it's all about legacy. Tony feels that is dying. And all of a sudden, he has this guy chasing after him because it's his family, and the guy clearly has some very interesting powers. Yeah. But after the Monaco conflict, which, by the way, contains one of the funniest sequences you'll ever see. With, <laughs> yeah, with Happy, right? With, with Happy ramming the car. <laughs> I got him! I got, I got him! And then Tony's like, were you trying to hit him or me? I can't tell! Uh. So... And then you have Pepper hyperventilating in the backseat. And Tony's feeling, I was attacked! <laughs> what were you thinking? Are you out of your mind? I, I think one of the greatest parts is that the suit-up of that armor in the suitcase was, yes, was amazing. That's the background on my phone, the live-action photo of Tony doing it. It's such a great scene. With his scene. helmet coming down. It's such and a the great scene. It is a great scene. I love it so and much. And there, from there, I have to say, after that, the next action scene doesn't come for quite some time. There's like a there's there's kind of like a middle scene when it comes to Rhodey and, and Tony. Pretty yeah, much. that's the next one. That's like the next one, but it's not that big of a scene. But after that, most of what we get is exposition or explaining explaining things, and like then. But one key thing happens in that middle period in between the fight at Tony's house between him and Rhodey. Yes, and. 
the Monaco racetrack. And that is the introduction of S.H.I.E.L.D. Of S.H.I.E.L.D., more importantly, Natasha Romanoff. Yes. And now her movie just came out. She finally got her film. Black Widow got her movie. And it's, I think it should have happened five years ago. No, it should have. But I like the introduction they gave her here because it was very – I don't want to say it's obvious in retrospect that she was a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent or something else, but you could tell from that first scene when she takes down Happy in the boxing ring <laughs> that it's like, wrong, it's like yeah. yeah, she's not just from legal department here, yeah. you know? So, but now, think about how full circle her arc has come, where she started from as just, you know, an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. To an Avenger. To an Avenger, to, you know, all these different things, to sacrificing herself on Vormir, mm-hmm. and to think that it all started here. Is is really something to behold. So also we have a uh, another role we got in here, yeah. Mister uh, Rhodey, a new face in the uh, MCU, you would say. <clears throat> yes, uh, they they make an inside joke about it too. A little inside joke. Oh, you look different. <laughs> <laughs> was it you look different? Yeah, yeah. Something some along was... those lines. It was like, hey, look, it's me. I'm here. Deal with it. Deal with it. It's some. It's somebody new. You know who it is. But we see him in the movie. He's Don Cheadle played as Rhodey. Um, now we see him in another scene where Tony is having his little birthday party. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, he's a little drunk, had too many drinks, you know. Pissing in his suit. Pissing in, <laughs> pissing in his suit. I forgot about that. Oh, my God. He's like, I just did. <laughs> and then he so, tries to tell Pepper later, I got a filtration system in there. You can drink that water. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Disgusting. Anyway, you see, you see Pepper coming in. What is he doing? He's like, I got this. Don't worry. Coming in, he's like, What are you doing? Oh, I'm having a good time having drinks. You know, he's shooting watermelons out of the sky. <laughs> then you have the scene where Rhodey finally gets his big debut with an Iron Man suit. Yes, the War Machine makes his first real appearance here. His first real appearance. Nothing with the fancy gadgets on him, but you have that point where him and Stark finally have a little going out with each other tony is drunk brody not really he's he's, he's tra- inexperienced in the suit inexperienced in the suit but he's trying to be the the main authority right here try to tell tony this is it the party's over you know and i like i like this scene a lot you know given the fact that you know Rhodey is a little bit different getting used to his kind of a new character to him but you have the big blast between you have a little fight you know Little weights swinging around. Yeah, swinging some weights with each other. Barbells, yeah. Now you have the big uh, beam off, I guess you'd say. I don't know what you'd say. Like more of an arc reactor beam kind of battle. I mean, yeah, it's teased here and then it's used again in the final battle. And it's used later in another part of the movie. Where they shoot lasers at each other and and the lasers collide. And it creates this big kind of explosion. explosion. Yeah. And then at the end of it, Tony realizes he fucked up. Rhodey took his suit. Yeah, Rhodey ends up just, you know, leaving the party with the suit. Leaving the party with the suit. I'm taking the suit. This is coming to the government, you know. And now you have where we introduce Justin Hammer into his new kind of technology where you have, what was it, the ex-wife? The ex-wife. Uh, the, something gazpacho. He, <laughs> uh, the whole scene where he's sitting there listing off the names and powers of his weapons. Yes. It, it's just so great. He's like, I call this one the ex-wife. Right. You know, and he's sitting there and I'm just, it's just pure comedy. It's hysterical, but it's great at the same time because yes. then Rhodey's like, 
Yeah, I'll take it. We'll take all of it. You mean, oh, really? All You'll of take it? All of and it? Justin Edwards like, what? Yeah, we ain't getting shit from Tony, so, you know, we'll take it from well, you, I, I guess. Think, I think they said earlier in the movie that Justin Hammer was the primary weapons manufacturer for the U.S. military. Well, yes, after the fact that Tony, you know, said, I'm not giving you guys any more weapons. Yeah, no, he was done with it. At that point, that was that. But, you know, they started the new uh, suit for Rhodey, and you bring into Ivan, who's creating all these suits for, you know, the, I guess drones, really. Well, yeah, because they're, they're going to be remotely controlled. They're going to be remotely controlled by Ivan and uh, Rhodey's suit. Yeah. But now Tony is at the donut shop, having a little donut uh, at the top. He's at, his low, he's at his lowest point, I guess you'd say, in this film. And Yes, this is your classic middle of the movie. The main character's at his lowest he's, point. He's having his hangover here. Tony here is drunk like his hungover. He, he was drunk like a skunk the night before. And he's hang hungover, and he's chilling in a donut shop, but he's not chilling in the donut shop. Oh, he's on the donut. He's on the big donut. He's uh, on the big donut. On the sign. And he's just chilling in there in the suit, helmet off, just chilling there eating some donuts. And we get a nice call from Mr. Nick Fury. Hey, sir, would you please exit the donut? <laughs> Nick Fury, Samuel Jackson. The role's perfect for Samuel Jackson. It is a great role for him. It was literally him. written for it him. It is designed for him. And they changed the way the character looks in the comics beforehand so that he could one day play it. Yes. it, it it's crazy. And, you know, outside of Stan Lee, who has been more of a connective tissue for all of these films than Nick Fury? Nick Fury, yes. And we also see him with another agent, uh, Miss Natasha Romanoff. Yes, yes. The big reveal, which Pepper was already suspicious of and had already been hinted at a couple of times in the film. A couple of times, Natalie yeah. Rushman ain't just from legal. <laughs> she ain't just from legal. She ain't just from legal. She ain't just a pretty face with a legal degree. <laughs> in matter of a fact, she is one of the highest ranking operatives in the Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement Logistics Division. And that is a mouthful. We, we could just call that S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah sure. you know, If somebody really wanted our initials to spell out S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> but you have with the, we have with this point that, uh, you know, Tony has the lines all over his neck from the palladium, from the arc reactor. The poisoning, killing, man. Toxic poison and everything. Uh, you have Nick Fury saying, you just let Rhodey take the suit. Yeah, Iron Man, <laughs> and he just, just took it. it. <laughs> Thing you have Black Widow obviously come in, inject him with a what was it, it was a sedative? Not a it, sedative. It was something. But a, it was something just to get rid of the symptoms. Get rid of the symptoms of it. You know, we need you to get back to work, basically. And it takes all the, all the, all those I believe, lines. I believe what they injected him with was lithium dioxide. If I'm not mistaken. You're really going into it. Huh? Well, you know what, man? <laughs> I, I'm I'm a science guy. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Okay. There's a reason. There's a reason I don't take physics in school, and that I hated it when I did. So, oh God! Physics, chemistry, all that stuff. Yeah. All that stuff. No, no. You say you're Tony Stark. Are you really? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but here we got. You know, you have to get back to work. You got to get back to work on what your father ended on. You know, what your father basically ended on. What he only could go so far with. You know, here you have all this material. You need to work. Get. You need to get back to work. And this is where, and this is where Fury kind of brings back in the theme from earlier in the movie about legacy. Now, now legacy's always been a big thing for Tony. For Tony, yes, it, it's a huge thing for Tony. He he stepped into the shoes of his father, who was one of the founders of one of the biggest spy organizations on the history of the planet. Uh, literally helped build the atomic bomb that was dropped in World War II. Yep. He, the stepping into that shoes 
had to be daunting for someone like Kelly. Yeah. I mean, I, I love this will be I'm bringing this up now, but my favorite scene of this movie would probably be when he creates the new element. Yes. And he ends up finding that element through his father's through work. Through his father's so work. So Fury rolls up to this d- destroyed mansion. You know, the, the, the place is wrecked. Yes. Rhodey and Tony did a number on this place. Oh, okay. Hell, with the way it was looking, I probably could have put in a competitive bid to buy it. Okay. <laughs> so Nick Fury's sitting there and he's like, yeah, you know, your father created S.H.I.E.L.D. And Tony's like, he's like what? what? <laughs> because at this point, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s really not known to anybody. No, it's, I mean, it wasn't introduced that much until now. You know? All we knew beforehand was that Fury was the director. Yes. Coulson and Romanoff were operatives. This is Fury's big week, okay? Well, it is part of Fury's big week, yes. You know? And all of a sudden, Tony's realizing his father lived in a, a much different type of life than he could ever imagine. Oh, his yeah. father wasn't just a weapons manufacturer. No. Yeah, he, was, he was someone that oversaw one of the biggest organizations to protect the planet. And that was kind of the reason why he decided not to have... Uh, I, what was it, Ivan or Van Gogh? Well, Anton, Anton. Anton. The reason why he didn't want Anton in S.H.I.E.L.D. any longer, basically, because, yeah. you know. Well, S.H.I.E.L.D. has always operated in the shadows. In the shadows, but still, you could tell you don't want that guy running around here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you don't want that guy running around here, you no, know? No, no, definitely. Definitely. I, I, I see what you're saying. <laughs> so, but and one of the more interesting things about it, like you said, that scene you're talking about, one of your favorites, is where he discovers the element. Preceding that yes. is where Tony is going through all the old journals, the old videos of his father, and he's trying to find stuff. I like the video when it was it showed his father basically and showing Tony at a young age, where he's trying, where Howard's basically trying to explain his what was it? A di- it's a diaphragm, I guess. Yeah, diaphragm, whatever it's called. Di- diorama. Diorama. Diaphragm. That's part of the body. <laughs> Listen, we're trying. I'm trying to think of the word here, but anyway, you basically have this this setup here and showing what is going to create the new element that Tony does create, basically. And at this point, it's where he makes the new element, and you have Coulson come in at this point, and you see a little little item in the background. What is that item, Mike? Uh, all of a sudden, Phil's like, "Do you know what this is?" <laughs> and he picks up, and it's a prototype. It's a prototype of Captain America's shield. Yeah, and Tony's like, "Yes, it's exactly what I need. Bring it to me." <laughs> He's like, "Here you go." And Coulson, and and we figured this out in the Avengers. Coulson's and, a big fan of Captain America. And all America. throughout Agents of Shield, Coulson's a fanboy. He's, He's a, a history fanboy. buff. Captain America, can you sign my trading card, please? <laughs> They're vintage. They're vintage <laughs> yeah. trading cards. He he loves this stuff. He lives for the history of Shield uh. and all this stuff. Coulson, that's literally all he talks about sometimes. And he's like, do you know what this is? And this is, and it's, look, it's a tease of what was to come again. Yes. Because this is obviously all about just setting the fact that Captain America existed in the MCU at that yes. point. Because obviously a year later we would see Captain well, America's first movie. We, like, referring back to like the Incredible Hulk, we, we didn't never saw that scene like that they explained in Avengers where he shot the bullet. That also, I don't know, you saw a Captain America shield in that scene. I don't know if you ever noticed that. I think you're right. I do not remember it, but I yeah. feel like I've heard that. But there's a, there were very, very different points where they explained Captain America would be at some point in the MCU. Yeah. You know, he's one of the main guys. You know? One of the top guys. One of the top guys. As much as I disagree. As much as you disagree. <laughs> but anyway, back to Iron Man. 
Uh, yes, the superior here. The superior. All right, relax. Okay. <laughs> but you have him where he's creating the new element, and he has the final piece to even out and balance to create the new element. After finally creating this new element, he's like, all right, run diagnostics on it. You know, see how it goes. And the best part was when he puts the new element in and the chess piece kind of shines yeah, up the screen Yeah, it shines up everywhere, bit. yeah. It's like, it tastes like coconut. Oh, yeah, this is great. <laughs> I was like, awesome. I mean, look, I think everyone knew that Tony was not going to die in this movie. Nah. You know, he, he, Tony, they figured out very early on that Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr. was boxed off. It's just, it's just an arc for his character to go farther into what his character he really needed is. at that point and this is one of the things that the movie here does in terms of tony's character arc this movie takes tony from a guy who feels that he's invincible and can't be touched and humbles him quite a bit yes you know and he's humbled by his own failure with roadie as a friend he's humbled by his failure with pepper and that's something to get into here because pepper and him in this movie do not spend as much time together on screen but they're still dynamic no they're kind of they they were kind of like an on and off couple, I guess. No, I don't think they were really an official thing. It wasn't official until the, the end, end of the film when they kissed. Yeah, that was the big thing. It's it, it, they weren't really together together throughout most of this film. Yeah, but, but at that the point. ending scene of this movie again, just like Iron Man one, mm-hmm. comes down to them working together and Tony kind of saving her. Yes, or Pepper saved him in the first movie. Now he's saving her. Right, because Pepper basically owns part of the company uh, company she's the ceo she's the ceo she's the top dog in the company because tony thought he was dying yes but now getting to i guess you'd say i guess well the end of it now that now that tony has the element in so to get to like the part of the movie that i kind of have a gripe with here so i like i said i thought that they started off really well with whiplash in this movie and that his first introduction building the arc reactor and the the whips Yes. In the the Siberia or wherever he was with his father. Well, getting to the point with like when Justin Hammer kind of hired him after after Monica exactly. after the Monica race. Uh, so Justin Hammer hires him, and but most of the middle section of the film, we barely see Vanko. As a matter of fact, Vanko and Tony after the Monaco race do not come face to face again. Yeah, only until two, the final battle. They thought, yeah, they thought because they thought he died in the prison because mm-hmm. apparently, like, they, it was like a way to get him out. Justin Hammer kind of broke him out of jail. Yeah, you know, so they thought he was dead. They thought, oh, I mean, okay, not a problem, you yeah. know. But now you come to the point where they didn't show him a lot. I mean, they showed him like with his bird. You know, I need yeah, my no, bird to work. Bird, killing know? a couple of guards to escape because eventually him to... and Justin Hammer come to disagree. A big disagreement. Big yes. disagreement. Who would have thought? Oh, who would have thought that two villains were going to end up disagreeing? I need suits. I need suits. These are not suits, Ivan. This is not what I wanted. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when you put two villains who want the different things in the same place. Oh god. They, they turn on each other, and Justin Hammer. All he wants is to just be Tony Stark. You can't be Tony Stark. It's Tony Stark. He just and but you know what? It was such a great ploy, not ploy, but such a great arc for him. And mm-hmm. he kills it in this movie. And the reason he's so much more likable is because you see he's entertaining. Number one and number two, you see how desperately he wants to be Tony. Yes. I really like him as a character. Oh, I, great! I really and do. I would love it if he were to come back in a future film. I think he will. I think he really will at some point because you're you're setting up like we said in the previous episodes. They're kind of setting up uh, either a Thunderbolts or a kind of Dark Avengers setup yeah. that he may or may not go into. Yeah, perhaps that could work. Yeah, you know. 
So, but then move on to the final battle yes. at the Stark Expo, and we get a cameo, or at least they claim to. I, I don't know how to feel about this. I mean, so Tony's in the middle of the fight against a bunch of hammer drones, and one of them is targeting a little kid wearing an Iron Man mask. Because he thought it was Iron Man, yes. And he thought it was Iron Man, and he's starting to target in on the kid. And then all of a sudden, Tony jumps in. Saves him. Saves him. He's like, good work, kid. And then nothing <laughs> else. But apparently, apparently, Kevin Feige has said, the almighty Kevin Feige, the deity that he is in the Marvel Universe, has stated that that was a young Peter Parker. Now look, the location makes sense. The Stark exposing Queens. Yes. Makes plenty of sense. He lives in Queens. It makes <laughs> sense. Oh, but no. does that always have to be the tying tissue? Does something always have to be a minor connection? It's like they really like they really said uh, how we like put this. Can we really make it spider? Like, is that really Spider Man? Is that Peter Parker? You know, I I mean, I said okay. You know what? It's Peter Parker. Sure, whatever. I don't see it as that as no, me neither. I, I, I don't see that. As I Peter don't see Parker. the ages like given the fact how small like it's a child. Well, that would be 2010 in the MCU and we meet him in 2016. I mean, I guess it lines up. It could work, but I don't know. I when I think of Peter Parker's first appearance, I still think of Civil War. It is Civil No, it is Civil War. It's just more like a little cameo, I yeah. guess, or a little reference to him. So, that's interesting enough. Yeah, he he Peter is in Civil War. Yes. But um I guess we get to I guess the bigger the biggest the big fight scene of the Iron Man 2, which is... Yes, the big final battle. And I gotta tell you, while there wasn't a ton of action in this film, when they finally sat down and did some proper action... I enjoyed this. It was quite great. It was a great action scene. I mean, the fact you don't see Ivan that much in the movie... It does hurt it. ...after that, it does. But it also, I guess, gives you a little bit of uh, of hype to it because you have at the moment where... When Justin Hammer's on the phone with him saying, like, how are the suits going and everything... You're kind of seeing an even longer whiplash coming down the line compared to his old one. Yeah, and it's like, okay, this is he's going to be an intense. This is going to be an intense battle compared to the first one that they went into, you know. But now at this point, we have Iron Man with a new element and his and a new suit versing the drones and poor Rhodey. Poor Rhodey gets stuck in the in the crossfire. Yeah, kinda. so Rhodey here gets his suit taken over and. Uh, Black Widow has to remotely undo what Justin Hammer was controlling going, it. Yes, going to Justin you know? Hammer's facility. So we come to a scene eventually. Tony and Rhodey are working together, and now they're, they're surrounded by a bunch of Hammer drones in the park. And I think this is just probably my favorite part of the whole sequence because mm-hmm. Tony and Rhodey just punk these drones. Oh, yeah. Absolutely destroy them. And Rhodey always gets caught up in Tony's problems. And <laughs> you, know, you know, it's a scene that reminds me of. It reminds me of a scene, even though it's a farther movie down the line, but the Guardians film, where Groot and Rocket kind of have that circle where they're just shooting around in like a big circle of like the robots. Yes, yes. Like kind of like that. I really like that a lot. No, no, I, that is very true, actually. Yeah, very you know? similar. And I also like uh, Tony's like. It was like that laser move he did. He's like, we should have started off with that. And it's a one-time. It's hit. a one-time thing. It's a one-time move. You know, it's a one-time thing. But, but a great then, fight scene. And then after that, Whiplash shows up. And again, if there's any gripe I have with this film, it's that Tony and Whiplash are not face-to-face enough. Yeah. In all the great movies of comic book cinema, the villain is front and center with the heroes and has a clearly deep conflict with them. Thanos in Infinity War is the most featured character. 
I don't know. I feel like there wasn't much as a as a grudge against Tony as much as his father. But still, he he looks to Tony and sees that and thinks that should be his. Yes. But that still shouldn't mean that you know you take away any chance of the two coming together for an hour and a half of the film. Yeah. Because you know after the forty minute mark, they don't come face to face again until this moment. I think it was. I don't know, because the story kind of was like, you know, Tony's dying, and they didn't focus more on the villain Well, part and, the, it, and that contributes know? to the other issues people and myself have had with this movie, which is mm-hmm. that they tried to stuff too much into it. Yeah. You know, that this movie is Marvel really going a little too thick on the storytelling, yeah. because there just wasn't enough room for a S.H.I.E.L.D. introduction, I mean, roadie conflict, Pepper a, becoming CEO, Tony dying, Howard Stark, Glenn, I mean, given the fact you have Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, and then you have to lead up with Iron Man 2, you know, it's all, like you said, it's a lot to fit in. Well, apparently, Favreau wanted three years to make this film after Iron Man 1. Mm-hmm. And Marvel was like, well, we got the Avengers coming, so can you do it in two? Yeah. And I think that you can feel that on the product here a little bit. A little bit. You can you can feel the strain of trying to get this done because a lot of the, pro- the storylines – I think all of them are great in terms of theory, in terms of what they could become, but yeah. you know they don't really get to play their full full way out here. Yeah. So you know, Vanko shows up, and Tony and Rhodey harken back to your favorite moment of the film. A really great moment in the film. Uh, well, what else can I say about it? I mean, about Howard. I mean, they kind of went back to uh, their little fight when Tony was drunk at his birthday. Exactly, party. and they you shoot know? the beam. They shoot the beam. That was kind of a reference back to that. And that's kind of where they, I guess, kill him. Yep, and they kill him, and then it turns out, oh no, there's a hammer drone that's about to... Explode in every single hammer drone, And Pepper Potts is standing right next to one. Boom, Tony swoops in, makes the huge save. And that's, I think, at that point, I think that's when their relationship really... Yeah, they they finally get together at that point. And then the film ends with Tony and Rhodey being awarded... Uh, Medals of Honor, Medals of Honor, Medals of Honor, I think, or whatever it, it was, is. I think it was Medals of Honor. Uh, by Senator Stern. Ah, uh, Tony's favorite person. And you know he comes back in Winter Soldier, people, and it, and his motive really becomes clear here because why did he want the Iron Man weapon? Because he wanted to turn it over and have Hydra be able to yes. use it. Yes, I like the, I like where he's like where he's pinning the little metal on Tony's uh, suit. He's like, ow. He's like, sorry, I'm I'm so you know. See how like little little prick could be. Yeah, <laughs> so how much, like how much a little prick can be annoying. <laughs> it's great. So, but and but and then the post credit scene of this film obviously sets up Marvel's next film. Sets up Marvel's back next then, film. Back then, Marvel wasn't in the business of setting up like you know ten movies from now like they are now. No, but it's, you ha- but you had back in in the movie where Coulson was had to be sent on to another job. Yep, and we didn't know what that was at the time, but. Now what they show in the post credit scene, it was Thor's hammer. Yes, Jonathan. Jonathan. Is it, isn't that the name of Thor's hammer? <laughs> Who the hell's Jonathan? <laughs> You've never seen that? No. So there's the interview where the Ant-Man and the Wasp cast is asked to pronounce uh, Mjolnir, Thor's hammer's name, and everyone's getting it wrong, and then you just got Paul Rudd. Jonathan? <laughs> <laughs> It's so random. I know, like, in in the Thor movies and, like, Thor 2, like, it's like, oh, it's like Mjolnir. There's Mia Mia. There's, like, there's other different names. No, but But Paul Paul Rudd's like, Jonathan? (laughs) So, whenever I see Thor's hammer now, I just kind of think of that. So Come, Jonathan. 
Oh God! But then, you, but but then you got Colson, sir. We found it. And they zoom in Thor's on the hammer, hammer right in a in the ground. We don't know exactly, but you get the thunder in the back, and you, and you know that's setting up the next movie, which is Thor. Yeah. Oh my God! That's and that'll be what we get into next time. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that caught me off way off guard. I'm sorry. <laughs> Holy. Yeah. Jeez. So. I mean, what else could we say? Where, where, where? Some I mean, just little... over, just overall thoughts on the film here. I mean, I, I, I enjoy this film. It's rewatchable. It's not top shelf Marvel here, but top shelf. I it's mean, high quality. Some of the little things that I enjoyed. I don't know. I think we brought it up, but uh, I thought one of the little details was nice, like Tony going to get the, uh, the little gram for, to make the element, and how he bought pepper strawberries. Yep. Which I, he's, she's, she's like, you know, I'm allergic to that. The right? one thing I'm allergic to on this planet. The one is thing strawberries. I'm, is strawberries, and that's what you just brought me. So. And then also going back to the little, I guess I don't know what it was. It was that thing that just kept moving. He's like, let it stop. And then it, you know that little thing. It was like three little bars kind of moving. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, and, I, I remember. What and you he like at. tried to make it stop. You know, but. Uh, besides that, I don't know what else. What else do you think? Any other little things? I mean, I I think that I think we've kind of hit this movie all around here. You Did know? we talk about Howard? Our, that little scene. Which which scene? In the in the in his little video when he tried to he said you know my greatest creation will always yeah, be yeah. So you. obviously, as again, this is a movie about legacy. Yeah. And Tony is all about trying to live up to the legacy of his father, and you know you could see how hard Howard could be on Tony sometimes. And this movie goes in depth on that a little bit. And in that video, Howard's like, no matter what I create, my greatest creation will always be you because I'm hindered by the technology of my time. And it's a great line. And it's it may it gives it really gives Tony the motivation. And it to fuels do what he has and it do. fuels Tony's arc for the rest of the film. Absolutely. And his dad plays a huge part in the rest of his arc, you know? His dad isn't really brought up again much beyond Iron Man too. You see him again obviously in Endgame, and I think that's it. Tony's dad is the most powerful person on his arc in a lot of ways. Yes, he's a father figure. He he is uh, he's he's a father, but he is also somebody that he didn't have much time to spend with his son. Exactly, you know, because of what he was doing. Because of what he was doing. Because of what happened during his you know untimely death. You know, but December sixteenth, December sixteenth, Oh, so. But yeah, I think that just about does it. You I know? think that's all we could say about this movie. Iron Man two, uh, I give it a thumbs up. I definitely Although, give it a thumbs up. This ain't top shelf for me. No, not top shelf, but a very good movie. Yeah, I know. Quality, rewatchable, and yeah, I think that's just about it. Well, uh, for me and Mike at the Eminem Marvel Mania podcast. Yep, uh, we'll see you again next time. We'll be reviewing on our MCU rewind, Thor. Which is kind of timely, considering the end of the Loki series. Yes, so. the God of Thunder must return yes, for so. his debut in our episode. Yes, sir. So, for all of us here, I'm Mike. I'm Nick. And we'll see you next time. Take care, everyone.